Hello and welcome to the first episode of Into Enduro on Mountain Bike Radio. Uh, if you're a regular follower of Mountain Bike Radio and you listen to all the different shows, um, we this is something a little bit different. Uh, it's a new show called Into Enduro with Mackie Franklin. Uh, he, he will be the host. Uh, he'll have all kinds of guests and I'll let him do a little explanation of kind of what how he's going to do it but um for this first episode uh we are doing just the traditional podcast format um we'll do the the live episodes as well uh, but just make sure to go to mountainbikeradio.com backslash into dash enduro and everything will be there you'll have the you know traditional podcasts um maybe some special little recording podcasts in there and then archives to the live episodes as well um but uh that said we just got done recording a whole fantastic episode with ross schnell and the recording that i use did not work so i am recovering from that and uh what we're gonna do Maggie and i are gonna kind of recap what uh um, you know, what we just recorded with Ross and then, um, we'll get him on in the future. And, um, so we'll just use this kind of introduce, you know, Mackie will kind of introduce the show and then, uh, you know, do the basics about Enduro and then and we'll kind of talk about what we, or what Mackie and Ross talked about. So that way when Ross is back on, you'll know kind of an outline of what's going to go on. So, um, you know, if Ross does listen to this, I really apologize. I, I'm not trying to figure out, or I'm not quite sure what happened trying to figure it out. Anyhow, that's behind us, and um, Mackie's on the air with me. He's been kind enough to uh, come back, and we'll record. You know, it'll be short, but we'll record uh, and get the show kicked off. So, Mackie, thank you very much, <laughs> and um, we'll... Uh, Let's get this first episode of uh, Into Enduro going. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, it was a bummer. You know, technical <laughs> difficulties are never fun, but, you know, that's the way it goes. And, and you know, doing doing radio over the internet is super cool. And so, you know, it's, it's not surprising we're going to run into some technical difficulties. So, um, once again, thanks to Ross for coming on and chatting with me earlier. Um, you know, even though that recording isn't available... It was a really cool conversation. He, you know, he all mentioned stuff that he talked about, um, but really he knows what he's talking about. He's been very involved in the enduro world. Um, he's raced, you know, all over the U.S. enduro as well as in Europe, um, where this has been going on a lot longer. And and people, you know, they really know what they're doing over there. He was telling me that it's a very strong group over there, um, and it's really neat to race against them. So starting off. Just to uh, in define enduro, there's there has been some confusion with endurance, like uh, marathon cross country events being called enduro, um, and that's you know that's because they are endurance events, and it sounds cool to say enduro as a contraction of endurance. Um, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about enduro um, or enduro downhill. Some people call it, but. The basic format for Enduro is that you have multiple time stages that are downhill stages, and they may include some climbing, unlike downhill, uh, but they usually shoot for less than 10% of the, 
the downhill time stage is climbing. So you're you're really going downhill for most of the stage. They can range anywhere from, you know, I've done ones that are as short as five or six minutes for a stage to as long as, you know, the, the big mountain enduro race in Moab, the whole enchilada, I think takes, you know, an hour and a half or longer. So there's really a pretty wide range there. It's kind of neat to see the different things people are doing. Um, and then there's some other ones that some people may not consider enduro. But, you know, I kind of think that that given the what enduro really means as an idea, that they qualify. And, you know, those would include the Downeyville All-Mountain World Championships in Downeyville, California this coming August. And, you know, that's kind of one of the first ones in the U.S. that sort of used this combination of endurance and technical skills um, with a overall downhill run. Um, so that's one that, you know, even though it, it's not enduro in the traditional sense, I would, I'd include it in that category. And then the other one is Mega Avalanche, which is one of the most famous races um, in Alpe d'Huez. And, you know, it's, it's mass start, Le Mans start, um, and it's a very long kind of endurance downhill race. Um, so just to get to the definition of enduro, um, or I guess more why enduro started, is according to Franco Mochiero, who's the founder of Italy, of Italy Super Enduro, uh, he says, probably all of us, when we bought our first bike, didn't think to do races or know much about international level mountain biking. The first thing we did with our mountain bikes was climb up hills so we could have fun going down them. That is the philosophy of enduro. And then Fred Glow, who started the Tribe Events in France, which are another really big enduro series, he says, Enduro is the heart of mountain biking, the link between technical and fitness riding. It is the only bike you need in your garage. And that's really the idea behind enduro, is that if you could only have one bike, that would be the bike you'd choose. Um... You know, it's a four to six inch, maybe a little bit more travel bike that pedals well and is light enough to go uphill, but then descends well, um, you know, handles really well so that you can go downhill fast. Um, this coming year, I'll be riding a, a Pivot Mach 5.7 Carbon. I'm really excited about that. It's a 150 uh, millimeter front and rear travel bike. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm hoping to build it up in under 25 pounds. So that's really what has made Enduro so neat is it replicates, it replicates the idea of people going out on the weekend. You know, you go out with your friends, you all climb together socially to the top. There's no time limit. When you get to the top, you all race to the bottom to see who's the fastest. And that's, that's what Enduro format is. Untimed climbs, race, or timed descents. Um, but you, most of them, not all of them, you actually do have to climb up that, climb up to the start of the stage. So you're building a light bike that pedals well to, uh, you know, so that you're not trying to lug a downhill bike up the, up the trail. And you know, the thing that Ross said is he kept saying pedally downhill. <laughs> Use the term pedally downhill. So. Yep. And I think that, you know, that really well describes it. And, uh, and he also mentioned 
a seat post really makes a lot of sense. And that's why is, you know, when you have pedally downhill, you want to be able to pop your seat up, sit on it and be able to, to pedal hard. But then when you're hitting a technical section, you want to be able to drop it instantly to, uh, to get it out of the way. So you have more control going down. Yeah. And you know, the thing is too, is with, um, with equipment, you know, I guess we're not really going to get into that much now, but I just wanted to note that, you know, future shows, that's what you're going to be discussing. So yeah. you'll have, you know, like you mentioned at the end of the last episode that, you know, one of your future guests is going to be uh, tires, um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that goes in the equipment. So I guess I just wanted to note, you know, for people listening that, you know, this show in two enduro is going to be everything from talking to Ross Schnell to, um, discussing tires and the, you know, everything that goes into tires and everything that goes into suspension and everything, all that kind of stuff is, you know, going to be involved in the show. Yep. As well as, you know, talking about some training for Enduros, if you're interested in racing them, um, seriously, nutrition, um, and also, what enduro in what enduro events are going on um, that you might want to check out because it's it's neat to see the growth that enduro's had in the last couple of years, specifically the last year in the United States, with the growth in both series and the number of enduro events that are actually happening. Um, so you know that's actually the next thing I'd like to talk about is what drove this or what is driving this change. Um, and as we've mentioned, and as Ross mentioned, you know, quite a few times, it's really the technology. Um, as he pointed out when he first started racing bikes, he was racing both downhill and cross country on the same bike. And it was fully rigid with narrow handlebars and a long stem. And, you know, it's, it's very different than the bikes you're seeing people use now, you know, full suspension, really wide handlebars, short stems. But it's neat to see that come full circle where you can use the same bike to race or to ride both cross-country and downhill-type trails instead of having completely specific bikes for, for each of those different categories. Um, and some of, the, you know, some of the big technologies that are making that, that change possible and these new format of races possible are are improvements in the materials used to make bikes. Um, you know, carbon's strong. It's hard to break. It's light. Um, there's improvements in suspension design, which make it, which makes six-inch travel bikes that pedal well possible. Uh, there's the dropper seat posts. Um, you know, I know Fox, X-Fusion, SRAM, Crank Brothers... Uh, I think dropper, I mean, there's, you know, everyone makes one now and, uh, and it makes a big difference. They're really fun to ride. And then there are the improvements in drivetrain. You know, there's the SRAM XX1, um, the one by 11 drivetrain. There's the Shimano clutches on both the XTR and XT rear derailleurs, which, which take out chain slap and decrease the probability of dropping your chain. And so all these technologies are making these bikes that weigh very little, handle very well, pedal well, and overall are just fun to ride. Um, and as, as Mochiero said in that quote I read at the beginning, or I'm sorry, as Fred Glow said in the quote at the set at the beginning, it's the only bike you need in your garage. 
And, you know, that's the idea is if you have one bike or if you could only have one bike, this is the bike you would choose. And it's opening it up to to everyone. So instead of having to train really, really seriously for either downhill specific races or cross country specific races, if you ride a bike, you have a chance of doing well at these races. And, you know, at the very least, you're going to have a good time since that's the that's the idea behind these is give people a place to meet other people and hang out and ride their bikes. And, and instead of the you know, warm up race, cool down format that you find at cross country races or at downhill races where you're doing a lot of very short practice runs. So you may get an hour of riding in, but it's over 10, you know, six minute runs. Instead, you're getting hours and hours of riding. You may get, you know, a six hour day of riding because you're climbing from one stage to the, from the end of one stage to the beginning of the next and then you're also getting the time to downhill run as well as, you know, time to hang out with people both on the uphill and at the top and at the bottom. So it's a really neat scene and, and something you should, you know, everyone should definitely check out. And, you know, you mentioned everyone and that's something too is, you you know, you mentioned the equipment and you're building up a 25, you know, sub 25 pound bike. But people need to realize that, you know, with all these new races coming on board and, you know, Ross ran through a whole bunch of different series and stuff that's going on. Um, but it's for everybody. I mean, you, you know, if you have your cross country bike and you're just looking for something different, you can get out there. I mean, it's not, you're not going to do anything. You're, I mean, you're not going to be winning, but you're going to compete. You're going to be competing with all your friends that are doing the same thing and just trying it out. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was something that another one of the promoters said in, in an article I was reading is, I go out there and if I can't ride it, I don't include it. And I consider myself the average Joe. And that's, you know, that's the idea is there may be faster ways to ride certain sections and, you know, not as fast ways, but that doesn't matter. Everyone can ride these courses. These courses are not just for, you know, professional downhill racers. And that's what's cool about it is, is everyone can ride it and enjoy it. And, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, the, the first couple of years, it's going to be, you know, people are just looking for something different. It, it'll be a fun weekend to go check it out and, you know, ride with your friends and not have, like you said, not have the pressure of warming up, you know, racing and all the stress that goes with that. And you can just go out and more or less have a hangout weekend, but kind of officially race. Exactly. And, you know, and because of, because you're paying an entry fee, you're getting support of, you know, marked courses that people have have gone out there and figured out this is gonna, a course that's going to flow well. So, you know, it's sort of like riding a trail that that the locals have connected a bunch of different trails because it's got the best flow. Well, you know, they're taking care of showing you where that's going to be and if it makes more sense to have it be lift accessed, you're getting the lift tickets included in there. You're getting the timing. I mean, you know, it's, it's really, it's good bang for the buck. It's a, you know, usually a two day or more event and, uh, and they're pretty reasonable. So speaking of that, I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the events and series that are going on this year. Um, Ross mentioned a bunch of these and I'm going to specifically, you know, focus on the, the North American stuff since that's going to be easier for people to get to. 
but there's the North American Enduro Tour, um, N-A-E-T. I think the website is naetmtb.com. Unfortunately, the site's down right now. They're they're redoing it, so um, you can't find the schedule on there. But I think you know it should shortly be up here as the season as the season starts up. Uh, then there's the Big Mountain Enduro Series. This is run by Bigfoot Productions, which used to run the Mountain States Cup for people in the the Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona area. Um, that was the big cross country and downhill series, and it is it is no longer happening and has been replaced by the Big Mountain Enduro Series. And last year there were three races, three venues. This coming year there are actually five. And uh, you know it's really going to be it's really going to be a cool set of races, and it'll be neat to see people uh, people showing up to that. And two of those five are part of the North American Enduro Tour. There's also uh, Downeyville that I mentioned, which is not a traditional enduro, or not an enduro in the traditional sense, but is a really neat race. Um, it's in Downeyville, California at the beginning of August. And um, then there's the there's Crankworks in Whistler, BC, which is also part of the, uh, I think it's part of the North American Enduro Tour, but it's also part of the Enduro World Series. Uh, then there's the the Colorado Freeride Festival, which is at Trestle Bike Park in Winter Park, Colorado. And that's one that Ross helped helped promote and helped get started. And it started two years ago um, and was originally the Trestle All Mountain Enduro. And then this past year was the Specialized Enduro as part of the Colorado Freeride Festival. And this coming year will be part of the Enduro World Series and the North American Enduro Tour. So that should be a really neat race, bringing a lot of big names from all over the world. Um, there's the Oregon Enduro Series. Um, I haven't raced any of those, but I've heard really good things about them. There's the Ashland Mountain Challenge, which I also have not raced but heard great things about. And then I know that of a couple of Enduros over on the East Coast towards the end of the season, the Burke Mountain Enduro and Highland Park Enduro. So it'll be neat to see what happens with all of these. And, you know, those are just ones I've heard of. And I know there's tons of other ones happening all over the U.S. So if you're interested in racing one, you know, start Googling, talk to your local bike shop, but uh, but try to find out about them and you know, it'll be it'll be neat to see how many enduro events go on this year and and what the numbers look like. And you know, the other aspect to it too is um, existing races, existing cross country type races are now starting to throw in the you know sections. Yep. So you know, if if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, there's some really sweet sections anywhere. If you're let's say in the Midwest or the you know the East and you know, you race the series, and it's you've been there doing that for several years, and it's like, damn, we need something different. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, this section was timed and we competed on this? I mean, there's races, uh, you know, Ross mentioned that Breck Epic is doing it this year, the BC Bike Race. Uh, the uh, Transylvania Epic, I think they're adding in uh, some sections like that. Um so yeah, if, if it's not there, just ask, get people, you know, interested that way, you know, you're not just racing on the full scale, you know, cross country race level. There's also races within races and that can be enduro too. So it's, you know, I guess it goes back to the point that it's not exactly like 
this most defined type of racing, right? Yep. And that's, you know, thank you for bringing that up, Ben. I'd forgotten to mention those stage races that are doing enduro segments. Um, But that'll be a neat thing. And, you know, I'm curious to see if that'll catch on internationally instead of just in North America. But those three at least, um, and there may be others. I don't know if Pisco's doing it, but they might be. But, you know, these races you'll be you'll be riding or racing and then you'll kind of hit a mat and that will be the start of the enduro segment and then you'll race down to the bottom of that segment and uh and they'll add up all those times as well and the combination of all those times will give you an overall standing in the enduro and uh it'll be neat to see you know how people are you can compare you know places and times and things both in the the overall stage and just within the enduro stages and I think it'll bring a lot more people out there to get to see some really cool riding um you know is and maybe a little bit less pressure to to push it on the uphills because they may be focusing on the enduro segments so I think that'll be really cool yeah I'm, I'm interested to see you know the I've already heard from different racers um saying you know I'm gonna be racing the Breck Epic for example um and obviously I'm not going to be competing for a win but you know there's a few sections that i saw that i'm going to be going you know that i want to go for yep so should be interesting yeah i think it'll be really cool to see so um you know i I, what i want to do is take i just want to take a couple minutes and ask you how you got involved in it um and you know you know you're uh i have your kind of bio up on the up on the into enduro page, but if you could just you know a couple minutes, just talk about how you know how you got into it. Uh, what's your I guess what your season's looking like? What are you gunning for? Um, and that kind of thing. Just give people an idea where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. Um, I let's see. I started racing in 2003, I think, or did, I guess I did my first race in 2003 um, and raced cross country from then, you know, I've been racing cross country since. And, you know, I really enjoy cross country, but I've watched it transition to more and more dirt roads, um, and sometimes less single track. And that's been hard for me to, to see because really what I love about mountain bike racing is that it's not on the road. Um, you know, I, I think there's a place for road riding and road racing, but it's not in mountain bike racing because that's, you know, they're different things. And so as I've gotten struggle or as I've gotten kind of frustrated with that, I've started racing more and more enduro and super D stuff, um, partially because I, I've done pretty well at it. But really, I love the I love, you know, improving my descending skills and working on those skills. And it's a great way to be able to do it because, you know, if I want to do well, I need to be practicing on those. And then it gives me an excuse to go up and, and ride at Angel Fire Bike Park and, and work on that because, you know, because I'm training now. So going and riding the lifts has become training and, and that's really fun to do. And, and I found my, uh, my cross country skills have improved significantly by racing enduro because I mean because the more time you spend on the bike the more comfortable you are and the better you descend the better you're going to do whether it's cross country or downhill or enduro so um you know I had a couple 
or I raced a couple of Super Ds back in, I think, 2008, 2009, um, and didn't, didn't do very well, didn't like them a whole lot, and then a couple of years ago, got back into it and, and found a new love for it and really began enjoying that aspect of mountain biking. And then as Enduro has grown in the U.S. and the bikes and technologies have improved, it's just become more and more fun um, because your equipment can handle it. And, and uh, yeah, it's really neat. So this coming year I'll be racing, I'll be racing both cross-country and Enduro. Um, I'm racing a lot of the Pro XCT Tour, uh, three of the five big mountain Enduros, um, national championships, both cross-country and Super D. I'll be racing Downey All-Mountain World Championships, the Trestle Enduro, um, or the Colorado Freeride Festival Enduro, and uh, and then hopefully some World Cup cross-country races in Europe. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to split it pretty evenly and make sure I'm spending time doing both. Um, my... My eventual goal is to make the 2016 Olympic team, so I, uh, I'm, you know, certainly focusing on cross country to make sure I have the UCI points and everything. But I also want to be involved with the growth of enduro riding and racing because I see it growing quickly, and you know, I love the I love the group of people there, and it just gives me an excuse to go ride my bike more and and go, you know, go jump off of things and learn some technical skills and some tricks that. Otherwise, I might not make the time to learn. So it's been a neat way to kind of combine the two, and and they play off one another. You know, my training for cross country makes me faster at enduro, and and vice versa. You know, my training for enduro has really helped my descending while I'm racing cross country. Yeah, no, it it makes sense, and I think you know, you know, I, I wanted you to kind of explain that, and you did a good job um, because I wanted people you know just the average guy listening in uh, is wondering why would I even do this because I race cross country you know and for there's two groups groups that you know ride on the weekends whatever and just kind of hang out with friends that be like oh this is cool and then the other group is training you know to race and they're wondering yeah it's not really for me but it is because like you said it really plays into a lot of aspects that you never do otherwise Yep. So if you get the opportunity to go out and, you know, whatever, ride the lift and get some sections where you're pedaling up to a certain spot and then you get some good downhill, um, you know, and then maybe do one or two races, try it out, try a big travel bike, it's for them. Yep. Well, so. and it's cool because you get, you know, you get the crossover that you're seeing less and less as the, the cross-country events and the gravity events are going to different venues throughout the season. Um, unlike when it was the NMBS National Mountain Bike Series, all the or most of the events had both cross country and downhill. Now you're seeing that that not being the case. So there's the Pro Gravity Tour and then the Pro Cross Country Tour, and you know I, I understand why promoters are doing that, but it's a little bit you know it's a bummer not to see, not to get to know the downhillers and get to see them regularly at races. And that's what's neat about the enduro is. You get cross-country people, you get downhillers, you get people who aren't racing, you know, otherwise, and, you know, everybody shows up and it's a big party. Yeah. Yep. And um, that's why I'm going to try to get out and uh, at least the one of them and just check it out, see what's going on. Um, I just think it's, you know, and, and Ross had mentioned, you know, the declining, I guess, 
value, not value, but what you get for you know, a cross-country race. You do all the travel, you race for an hour and a half. It's a lot of money, you know, gas and fees and all that kind of stuff, and people are just looking for something different. Yep. Um, so it should be a good, you know, a good start. And you've already seen it. You know, you mentioned the Big Mountain Enduro Series. You've already seen it things moving pretty quickly because they had – I can't remember offhand. Do you know, remember how many they did this year? It was I think they had three or four races. Yeah, they did three of them this past year. And they upped it um, this year. And then they became part of, I think it was the guys from the Oregon series, bought the Big Mountain Enduro series. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's how it went down. And in the attempt to, because Oregon has had a pretty big scene for a while, I yep. think, and what they did is they bought that with the attempt to, okay, we're going to make this a big deal. So yep. um, there's going to be a lot of crossover, and I think a lot of uh, it'll bring a big, bring a bigger uh, group to the to the table. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. I think it'll be I think it'll be cool to see what happens, and and I you know, I'm just excited to get out there and go race and go meet some more people. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up, I think. Um, but, uh, stay tuned. We'll get Ross back on. He had a lot of good things to say. Um, I mean, this is what he does and, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of good knowledge as far as the different races. Um, you know, everything that's going on in the whole world of Enduro type stuff. Um, and then you had explained a little bit about a guest that you have coming on. Can you just do a quick explanation to give people another teaser of a future episode? For sure. So my plan is this next episode I'm going to have Ken Avery, who's the, the product development. And, you know, he, he designs products and does a lot of work, or, you know, does a lot of things for GX uh, tires. And... Before that, he worked for Maxxis for 10 years, developing tires for them. So, you know, almost all the Maxxis tires that you see or that you ride now, Ken was involved with, and most of them he designed himself. So he's really knowledgeable about tires and how they're made and and siping and knob size and knob height and all that. So I'm going to bring him on to, uh, to have him talk about tire choice specifically for enduros and uh and enduros with different types of conditions so it's neat to after i talked to him i started being a lot more conscious of the tires i'm riding and how they're interacting with the the dirt or the pavement i'm on and so i think it'll be a neat thing to uh to kind of understand a little bit more and help you choose some the best rubber for your races this year yeah cool and and like i i mentioned earlier in the in the show you know in addition to tires there's going to be you know probably mackie will probably hit on the the bikes so you know maybe 650b versus 29 or versus 26 type of stuff or you know suspension is going to be another big one uh travel uh everything yeah so just stay tuned um i think the the tire one is going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people because a lot of people don't consider tire choice at all. Yeah. They just think, oh, I'm going to get the lightest carbon frame I can. But, I mean, it comes down to a lot more than that. Yeah. So. It's great if you have a light carbon frame, but if you crash it, it uh, <laughs> doesn't. it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, if you can't turn fast, then there's nothing to it. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So. All right, cool. So that, that'll wrap it up. And I apologize. You know, I sent out messages and stuff. There might be a few people that were waiting for Ross Schnell to be on. 
I apologize. We'll get it worked out. Um, and uh, we will, this one is recorded for sure. Yes. <laughs> so I'll get that up today and I'll upload it and it will be on the Into Enduro homepage on mountainbikeradio.com. Um, but you already know that if you, you check this out. But I just want to remind people that everything in the future regarding Into Enduro will be on that homepage. So all you need to do is go there and you can find everything you're looking for. So that's it. Uh, Mackie, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap this up? I think that's it. Thanks so much. All right. Cool. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, and that'll do it for the first episode of Into Enduro on Mountain Bike Radio. Thank you.